things you should know right off the bat. I've had four cups of coffee. I'm a little nervous. Did I mention my name's Chadi? Yeah. Oh, this is a creative church podcast, and, well, you should know that uh, I cry in corners. True story. Welcome to episode 20 of I Cry in Corners. That's right. We are at the end of season two. This is the season two finale, which I mean, I don't know what that means. Like it's just the last episode of season two, Um, but I cannot believe we've gotten to 20 episodes and two seasons. Um, It's been an incredible journey thus far. And if this is the first time you are jumping in, dude, welcome. Uh, We love you. And if you have been here for a while, you've been listening for a while. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. uh, Thank you. That's it. That's all I got. I'm just super grateful. All right. So we're going to jump right in because we got a lot to talk about. I got to do a recap. I got to talk about season three. I got to tell you what the next couple months are going to look like. And I've got to give you the final person that you need, final thing you need in your corner. When I started this off season two, um, I thought if I could give people the 10 best things that I've learned that I need in life, what would they be? And these are the things that I wrote down. Um, The number one, of course, is the main thing, which is Jesus. Like, don't even try to move your life forward without Jesus. And um, one of the things I said in the very first episode of this season was that God does not want us to be in survival mode. He wants us in thrive mode. And the only way we can truly thrive in this life is with Jesus in our corner. A second thing I feel like people need in their corners community. You can't do it alone, man. Life is never was never meant to do it alone. Jesus didn't do it alone. He got to this earth and he found a squad, an epic squad. And uh, and the cool thing about Jesus, he, he wasn't about converting people. He was about bringing uh, the broken people towards him so that he could love them because love is what brings people to the Father, not a belief system. And so I talked about community. I talked about it being diverse and how everyone needs it. And, um, and then I talked about like the bestie you need in your corner in episode three, and it was love. See, love is what leads us, leads all of us, leads people, leads, leads our hearts back heavenward towards the father. And, um, I talk about love a lot because I feel like if love was our filter, if we could love people and I mean, truly love them, have grace for them, see them the way the father does, I think life would look really different. I think the arguments we have, I think the way we deal with things would be completely different if love was our filter. The next episode, I combined four and five uh, in the ride or die episode. And I said, the things that you need in your corner are covenant people and core values. I define covenant people as people that are like, they're like safe places. Um, I'll get a, co- a covenant person for me in my life would be my baby sister, Gabby. We've been through everything you can even imagine. And so she can just look at me and she knows my faces and she knows what's up. I have friends that actually are like that too, that just like can see me and they know me and they know where I'm at. Um, and so those are like my, those are the people that I refer to as covenant people. They're my safe people. They're the people that I can vent with, talk through, and then they go, Hey, okay, now you got to dust yourself off and try again. You know what I'm saying? You got to have those people in your corner that are not there to like pick fights with you, but instead help you walk you through. And, um, yeah, they, they're not there to pick fights with you. They're there to walk you through. And that that's what covenant people look like. They're the people that lead you back to Jesus. And then the number five thing that I talked about in that ride or die episode were core values. 
See, core values are like integrity, honesty, uh, loyalty, the things that are like down deep, the things that when you get upset, they're the things that kind of get juggled. Um, And so I think it's really important to have those compasses, to have those people, to have those things in your corner, because what they do is they push you forward when you get stuck in quicksand. Okay, one, Jesus, two, community, three, love, four and five were covenant people and core values. And then number six I talked about was peace. Yeah, I think that was the haters episode. Um, haters are a myth. They're not real. Every The enemy wants to use a smoke screen. Um, did I do haters next? or did? Yeah, I think I did haters next, right? I don't know. I don't remember. I'm doing this without notes, guys. I'm just trying to remember off the top of my head. Um, I talked about haters. I talked about how the enemy wants you to focus on people instead of focusing on Jesus. Um, I don't know. Did I do that episode? Somebody's going to have to ride or die's the haters. I'm going back to my iTunes right now as I'm talking to you to see what my episodes were, guys, because I'm failing at life and I can't remember if um, this is real life. Welcome. Welcome to the Thunderdome um, where everything's a little crazy and you can't remember the podcast episodes because it's 6 a.m. People are like, why do you do them so early in the morning? I don't know why I continue to do this to myself. Yes. Okay. The bestie. What? Wait, where? Season two. Where am I at? Okay, the squad, the bestie, rider dies, haters. Oh my God, I can't believe I remember this. I'm like winning a life right now. Okay, so I talked about the haters. And by haters, I mean the thing you need in your corner is peace. And the enemy will try to steal your peace when you are not focused on him and you're focused on people. See, peace is not a feeling. Peace is the person of Jesus Christ. And when you're in uh, situations where you're dealing with people that are difficult, um, sometimes you'll just hand over your peace by and picking up whatever they're giving you. And so you need to hold on to your peace. Listen to that episode. So it was one of my favorite episodes. Number seven, I talked about, oh gosh, did I forget again? Number seven, I talked about giants, giants, adversity. Did I talk about adversity? What did I talk about? Talking about giants needing your life. Get it ready for an honest conversation, embracing it. Oh, adversity. Ha ha. Okay. Adversity. So I talked about how everyone wants to like not have adversity, but adversity. No, that was number seven. Oh my God, guys, it's really early. Somebody tell me what I talked about. Number six was peace. Number seven was perspective. Perspective was the lighthouses. Yes, lighthouses. I talked about lighthouses. Yep, lighthouse. Grit. That's what I talked about. Somebody right now is going, she hasn't had her coffee. What is she doing? Yes, that's all of that's true. But I love you so much that I got up this morning to do this episode, even though um, my husband's been sick for two weeks and I'm starting to get it because I love you and I don't want to get any more weird DMs that are like, when are your podcasts coming out? That's what's happening right now is I'm caving to peer pressure. (laughs) Okay, one, weirdest episode ever. Oh my God. One, Jesus. Two, community. Three, love. Four, covenant people. Five, core values. Six was peace. Seven was perspective. Eight was adversity. These are the things you need in your corner. You need perspective. You actually need adversity. You need to be able to like deal with it. Um, I loved the perspective one because it was all about grit and how uh, if you have it, you'll be able to like deal with things that no one else can deal with. Um, it was honestly, I think haters this semester, this season and grit were probably some of my favorite episodes because I feel like if you have those things, um, it'll change your life. And then the last two weeks, I downloaded about passion. Passion, 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 because I feel like if you have your passions in check, um, you'll, you'll change the world. Jesus had his passions in check. Jesus wasn't led of his emotions. And that's what this whole I cry in corners thing, if I had to define it, it's a leadership principle that says, I know I have feelings. 
I know I'm a feeler, um, but I also am incredibly self-aware. I know that um, sometimes I need to walk away, pull myself together um, like Jesus did in the Garden of Gethsemane. It's it's an awareness. It's a self-awareness to say, um, I have enough wisdom to be able to contend with my feelings. My feelings don't lead me. The Holy Spirit does. And that's what this whole thing is about. I talked about it in season one of how to become a person like that. Season two, my hope was once you become those per- that person, these are the essential things that you need in your corner to be able to maintain that whole I cry in corners lifestyle. And um, the number... 10 thing that I think you need in your corner is actually what I talked about this week at our college. Um, ironically, I had this really epic message and God changed it. And I thought, oh my God, I got to talk about this on the podcast. So if I had to say what the top 10 things you need in your corner, the final thing would be um, understanding. Yeah, I know. It's not like super glamorous. You're like, what are you talking about? I kind of touched on it last week. Um, and the week before when I talked about how Peter knew God, but he didn't really understand him. And to be honest with you, it's been something that's kind of just been brewing in my heart and brewing in um, as I read the Bible and as God's been downloading stuff to me. It's it's kind of what I wish I wish I, <laughs> I wish I knew in my 20s, the difference between knowledge and understanding. Ironically, there's a verse in the Bible that it was the very verse, uh, the very story I actually read in the very first episode of I Cry in Corners. And I'm going to read it again, and then I'm just going to give it to you the way I felt like God gave it to me. So we'll jump right in. The number 10 thing you need in your corner, guys, is uh, understanding. All right, if you're one of those people that wants to know where I'm reading, I'm going to be in Matthew 26, 6, what is it, 16? No, 20, 36 through 50. <clears throat> okay, so ironically, we find Jesus in a garden, um, I think it's funny and ironic that we find Jesus in a garden as, um, put my Bible down, um, as I always say that we're meant to be garden people, but um, sin entered the world and uh, we became wilderness people. And I'll talk more about this in season four as I want to do, I'm going to release a book at the end of this year, 2019, and the summer of 2019, and it's all about surviving wilderness seasons. And so I'm going to do an entire season based on the book. But, um, so I don't want to jump ahead, but I feel like we're, we were meant to be garden people, but sin entered the world and we became wilderness people. And I love this story because it's like this epic garden moment in the life of Jesus, right before he's about to walk into this horrible wilderness situation, which was the cross, which was betrayal, which was disappointment. And, um, we find him crying in a corner. We find him sad, disappointed, and, um, but it's like God brings him to a garden just to remind him who he is and to remind him who God is and to remind him what his purpose is. And that's what understanding brings. And so I'm going to read it and then I'm just going to give it to you the way I felt like God gave it to me. So also, I would always I always say this, but like, read it for yourself. See what the Holy Spirit tells you. Like, don't live off of the bread of others. Like, oh man, like, you got, if you love Jesus, you got to love his word and, and, and you got to get in the word. And um, I believe that the Holy Spirit really wants to say something really special to you um, through this passage. And, and so um, take what you get from what I say, but go back. I, I encourage you to always go back and read it for yourself. So um, here we go. The, uh, it's the prayer in the garden. Then Jesus came with them to the place called Gethsemane and said to the disciples, sit here while I go and pray. And he took with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee, and he began to be sorrowful and deeply distressed. 
I think it's really important to know that he was sorrowful and deeply distressed and that he took his friends with him into the garden because I think that it was during that time where Jesus had just said, hey, you you were my servants and now you're my friends. And I think that if you really want to be a friend of God, you've got to understand that you have to embrace not only his distress, but his sorrow. See, sometimes people think that, oh, well, I want to live for Jesus and everything's going to be awesome. Yeah, it's going to be awesome because you have great perspective and you have grit and you understand adversity. But you know what? You also have to embrace his heart and the things that break his heart as well. I don't know who that was for, but just throwing that out there. Then he said, my soul is exceedingly sorrowful even to death. Stay here and watch with me. And he went a little further and fell on his faith and prayed, oh, my father, if it is possible that this cup pass from me, but nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. And then he came to the disciples and found them sleeping and said to Peter, what could you not watch with me for one hour? He was like super disappointed. And he said, watch and pray lest, lest you enter into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. I love that. It's like, uh, look, I know that you guys have the right heart, but if you're not careful, your flesh will betray you. I think it's really, really important to see that there. And he continues in 49. He says, again, I, a second time he went away and he prayed and he said, Oh, my father, if this cup cannot pass away from me unless I drink it, your will be done. And he came and he found them asleep for their eyes were heavy. So he left them. He went away and he prayed the third time saying the same words. And he came to his disciples and said to them, Are you still sleeping and resting? Behold, the hours at hand and the sin of man is being betrayed into the hands of sinner. Rise, let us go. See, my betrayer is at hand. I think I'm pretty sure I read this in the first episode. I've actually built I Cry in Corners out of the Garden of Gethsemane because I love how Jesus was Jesus was so self-aware. He was like, I need a minute to pull myself together. But I think it was my, yeah, it was my pastor, Carrie Weem, says if there's anything that'll make somebody want to quit at life or quit ministry altogether, it's being betrayed. And I read this story and I think, God, how did you overcome being betrayed? How did you overcome? Um, and I started to ask God this. I said, God, how did you overcome being so disappointed? How did you overcome being so sorrowful? How did you overcome being left alone in a garden? And I felt like the Holy Spirit said I had understanding. He had understanding. Jesus knew three things. I'm about to give you the three things that are going to help you overcome um, betrayal in your life, betrayal in your ministry, betrayal. Listen, I think that if you have understanding in your corner, you'll be able to uh, bypass sorrow. You'll be able to bypass things that maybe you maybe never felt like you could bypass. You're going to feel like you have a strength and a peace and a rest that you may have never had. Because if you have these three things in check, you'll be able to do that because Jesus had these three things in check. I'm going to go fast because I want to be able to talk about season three, but we'll see if I can. Okay. The first thing that Jesus had in check in this season was he understood who God was. He understood who his father was. His, he knew his father was faithful. His faithfulness never wavered. His persp- like, I feel like sometimes people look at faithfulness and they go, oh, well, God wasn't faithful here. No, God is always faithful. His faithfulness is not circumstantial. Our perspective is. Oh man, isn't that sad? Because God is so faithful. And sometimes we've got to keep his resume fresh on our mind. That no God, the God that did this is the same God that can do that. The only difference is sometimes we get in our own way. But God is always faithful. And I think in moments where we feel like we're contending with betrayal, we're contending with sorrow, we're contending with excessive disappointment in our lives. We can't be like, God, I guess you're not going to be faithful here. No, I understand that my God is faithful. I understand that he is always faithful. His sovereignty and his awesomeness is not moved from his throne just because bad things happen to good people. He was still God in the garden, even though sin came into the world. 
And I think a lot of times if people would just understand that his faithfulness is never wavering, it would give them strength to be able to overcome things that maybe they may have felt like they couldn't overcome. So Jesus had an understanding of who God was and is and is to come. The second thing is Jesus understood who he was. Jesus wasn't wavering in that moment when he was being betrayed and was like, man, I I really wonder if I'm the Messiah right now. No, he knew. He knew who he was. He knew he was a son of God. And I think sometimes the enemy will find us in these situations that cause us to question our identity and question who we are, but we're always his. See, your gifting and your calling doesn't define you. Uh, Your heavenly father does. That's who you are. You're his. You're his daughter. You're his son. I can't tell you how many times uh, I've, I've told young people that their gifting and their calling has nothing to do with the ministry they're attached to and everything to do with the God that they're attached to. And so sometimes I think that identity is such a big thing when you're 15 uh, through uh, 15 through 20, you'll live your whole life trying to find your voice. And then when you're 20 to 30, if you haven't found your voice, you'll try to find a platform or a relationship or something that'll help you find your identity because your identity is attached to a voice. But the only voice that you really need to be attached to is Jesus. And if you're attached to that voice, you'll know exactly who you are. And you won't find yourself trying to find who you are in a relationship or in a platform or in a job or in a relation. Like none of that will even matter because you'll know who you are. And you will always kind of have that. Man, you always kind of wonder like, God, who am I as you step into a new job? God, who who am I here when... um. You step into a new season. I, I I can remember when I first got married, it was like trying to identify who I was now as a wife. It was like, okay, I'm not the same person I was before. How do how do how do I how do I be, become this wife? How do I, you know, I, I, and I felt like the Holy Spirit was like, just just keep loving me here, and I'll teach you. And I think we over um, complicate identity when, when the truth is, if we realize we're his, it doesn't matter what garden we're weeping in. It doesn't matter what situation we're in. He was King of Kings and Lord of Lords as he was beaten. He was King of Kings and Lord of Lords as he was betrayed. He was King of Kings and Lord of Lords as he was on that cross. I'm telling you, you are a son or daughter of the living God, regardless of what you walk through and regardless of what happens, because the reality is, is that's who you are. And Jesus had that set. Jesus had that set in place. I just want to encourage you today, if you're one of those people that you're out there and you're just like, look, I'm just really struggling with who I am. Um, don't, Don't complicate it. You're his. You don't have to dress a certain way to become who you are. You don't have to speak a certain way. You don't have to have a certain job to, like, the only thing you need to be is still in his. That's it. That's it. And I think a lot of times when we try to compare ourselves or become other people, we dilute who God has made us to be. We dilute what God has created us to be and give to the world. And I think it's so important for us to understand that, that like God built you to be you. He didn't build you to be the next whatever. And, um, and I don't know, man, I just, I think God didn't build you to be the next whoever he wants you to be you. And I think that you should just let people be who they are and uh, don't live to don't live with comparison. Don't even bother. Don't even pick it up. Just leave it there and know that you're his. Jesus wasn't trying to be the next cool John the Baptist or whoever. Like he was he was Jesus. That's who he was. And uh, he was awesome at it. And so if you have understand who God is, understand who you are and understand what your purpose is. See, your purpose will always be to love God and love people. We're broken. We make mistakes. And we are all just imperfect people trying to serve a perfect God. 
And in life, when things get broken and things get hard, it's like we forget that that's really all we're supposed to do is love people and love God. But I don't want you to forget that. Jesus didn't forget that. Jesus didn't forget in the middle of all the ugliness that he was really just there to love people and, 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 and to, to show the love of the Father. Father, He had these three things so in check. Understanding of who the Father is. Understanding who He was. Understanding that His purpose was just to love people and to bring people back to the Father. That He spoke life over cut off ears. He spoke purpose into a betrayer. That's right. He looked at Judas and called him friend. And he was steadfast in the beating and in the cross. And God wants you to be steadfast. God wants you to move things forward. But in order for you to move things forward, you have to have a true understanding of who God is, of who you are, and who, uh, of what your purpose is. Okay, so that's it. Those are the top 10 things you need in your corner. Now you know what it's like to be self-aware and be a hold of your feelings. You know the things that you need in your corner to be able to do that. And next season, we're going to talk about the things that are not a thing. We're going to talk about all the things the enemy wants to put in your way um, to take your eyes off what's real. And uh, I'm really excited about it. I'm really excited about it. Um, So get ready uh, for an incredible season three and an even more hot fire season four as um, I believe God is moving us into a new time and a new new time, new rules. And uh, I'm excited to do this journey with you guys. So um, I'll be back in a uh, I'll be back in the new year. 2019. Don't cry. Have an amazing holiday. Make sure you're following the blog because I have a million blog posts that are going to go up this next couple months. And um, I'll see you guys in January. Love you, weirdos.